There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Siakam the slam! Welcome, welcome, welcome to Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Rate, review, and subscribe on the Raptors Over Everything podcast feed Push and also on YouTube. Every button. Every like button. and subscribe. Smash Push that them. like button. Smash Everyone. It. Push them, repost it, comment, yes. do yes. all the stuff that yes. people yes. do on the internet. The only thing I really do on the internet is this, but all the stuff that you guys <laughs> like to do on the internet, do that, and we will be greatly appreciative somehow. You make music for the internet. You do. So not for the internet, but I'll put it on the internet. But it gets published through the internet. It does. It does. It does. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> so music and this are the only things. So things with the microphone are the only things I do on the internet. Let's just put it. Let's yes. just make it. Um, but man, good to be back. Yeah. Check out high and lows. Check out high and lows. My See? fresco, anywhere you can find yes, me. Let's yes, do a shameless yes. plug. Anywhere you yes. can find music, <laughs> I am on there. There we go. You want to play that. If you want to play some music, like you don't have to, but if you like music, go ahead. There it is. And my Instagram, you can check out some videos. At Masfresco. Like At Masfresco, everything. I'm still confused how nobody took that name. I'm so confused how, like I go to <laughs> like certain things and I'll type it in and it's like, oh, you can use, I'm still confused how it's not. Because it's yours, especially. everyone knows. And the a person knows. that does not, did not speak Spanish when I got it and when I did it, like how it wasn't thought of by somebody mm -hmm. whose Spanish was their first language to be like more fresh. Yeah. yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, yes, this is CJ and 8K, 12K, 39K. Something, whatever it is. Yeah. Fujifilm uh, 100S is what I'm using. There you um, go. I'm a Fujifilm guy. So like I know people, Canon, Nikon, like, I know it's a whole mm -hmm. war with all that stuff, but I'm Fuji. <laughs> XT30. XT5, yeah. GFX 100S, whatever. Like, I like all of that. You got me looking like I'm from the 1960s yeah. um, right now. Some people don't speak in Spanish too <laughs> right now because they don't really mess with it. But it's cool. Like, you know, it's, I just try some stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Try away. Grady Dick was trying some stuff out in Summer League. Yes, too. sir. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was some like it, he was shooting, he was shooting, but also we saw a lot of complementary parts of his game. Oh, FYI, we're going to talk Grady um, and Dennis Schroeder. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk Schroeder. about basketball yeah. too. We're not just yeah, going to yeah, talk about yeah. Yeah. Grady and Dennis Schroeder. We're not going to talk about me. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess your general thoughts on, on Grady Summer League, because we talked to you beforehand and you did kind of like a scheduling report on what you were seeing from him, uh -huh. but uh -huh. we saw it at the next level now, which is Summer League, and I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it in preseason. But yeah, your general thoughts on what you saw. I think the things that we talked about held true watching them play mm. much more than a shooter, much more athletic than people think some really good finishes. There's one I really like. He has the spin move to like the up and under. He gets like the and one he falls down on. Oh, he likes the spins. Plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Still the same thing. I say I would challenge his feet. You see him drifting some on the move shot it. He, he looks good. He looks comfortable shooting threes off the dribble in the pick and roll though, which is good. Obviously the percentages is whatever, like a summer league, there's a lot of adjusting to do. I think I heard or read something he said that he was adjusting to the floor and the spacing and 
the different things and um and just the the speed and athleticism of everybody. Even yeah. though he's coming out of college, there's still some guys that are more athletic at every position now and understanding your space, how much space you need to get your shot off. And it's going to go up again when he gets to the regular season. Um, but I thought he, he he moves well, plays with great pace, plays hard. Like mm. um, defensively, he's athletic enough to become an even better defender than I think we even think. Um, but I think he's got he's going to learn as he gets stronger because he's quick enough to cut guys off, not to like give so much. Like he's yeah. sliding and he's and he's with guys on the angle, but then they're getting to points where they're just hitting him in the chest. There's like a couple of times they got and ones and things like mm. that. Those things could be times that he cuts people off because he's he's there. Sure. He's just got to understand the tricks of the offensive players at this level. Yeah. I mean, everyone has to get stronger when you're entering the NBA, but for someone like him, how much stronger do you want to get? Like what's the balance so, between that? So I think it's stronger and people automatically think stronger and think bigger. I don't think, I think it's much just stronger in in the positions that he needs to be in basketball wise. So like strengthening the core for certain things and mm. being more efficient moving, which, which is getting stronger. Also, I think he needs to get bigger. I don't think he's weak by any means. I think he has the strength now to be able to play. It's just, you know, the understanding of the little things of the game he's going to try to bring into the NBA and the things he can work on with his movement and his um, technique that can help him, hmm. uh, especially as a shooter that wants to run and 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 shoot on the move and put the ball on the floor, cut like he does. Oh, side note, he shot a sky hook. I was going to mention that in summer league. That is, happened. Yes. yes, he shot a sky hook. I had to bring that up. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, and he, and he shoots, he, has, he had a lot of twos like that he made, like pull-ups that look good in the mid-range area, things he can really mm. get to, I think, because he's got good size. There's a lot of things, but I still think got to attack those feet. Like, yeah, I still think that's a thing, like just for his balance and to get him more efficient on his move. And I also think summer leagues are hard gaze because guys play so fast and they're so hyped up and it's like the, like, you know what I mean? Like he, he's not playing with other NBA guys. He's not playing with an all-star and a tenure vet at center. And, a, you know what I mean? Like it's not the same thing either. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of things that go into this. In those first few games, and I mentioned this on a podcast the other day, we just did like a little brief look at his, his uh, summer league performance. But obviously this is the more in-depth chatter that we were looking forward to. Um, but I mentioned that in the first few games, those are the ones that I saw. He only shot like 13 or 12 field goals. But then the final two – he shot like 18 or 19. He's getting them up. Yeah. yeah. And I think he was probably as told he should, to. <laughs> and he was told no, to. As he should. Like that yeah. was one of the. I, I He's think a first round to. pick. Yeah. Get him up. And we, yeah. Do you, like, and I understand you kind of go in there and that speaks to him as a person and a player too, wants to be a team player because yeah. he makes team plays, makes right passes, mm. hustles for loose balls. He does things that complement the guys he's going to play with well, like the veteran guys and guys he's going to come into. He does things that help your team too. But in this setting, explore. Yeah. Like we're going to call plays for you, handle it some more and more than you're probably going to get to, or let us see if we can trust you to handle it. Mm. You know, cause if I can't trust you here at summer league, I definitely can't trust you when the season starts to handle the ball. Right. Um, so like, let's build on this. And it's a confidence builder for you for the rest of your summer. You leave here being like, okay, I saw this, I saw that, take this away with some film. These are the type of plays they're running with me. Now I can put that in the lab. Now I can start working on those type things. He seems like a, a natural athlete 
from some mm-hmm. of the other clips I've seen, like uh, he was, I saw his golf swing. Beautiful. I saw him throw a football. Absolutely immaculate. How does that connect into his shooting mentality his shooting mechanics? Is there any connection there? Someone who's just like good at several different aspects of being an, an elite athlete. I think being a fluid athlete just kind of, yeah, like it just helps overall, like with, and it helps, I think it helps overall with learning to add things more so yeah. too at this point, because it's going to be a lot of things going to have to add and do, but I think it definitely just helps. Fluidity is a great thing to have at six, eight mm. playing the wing in the NBA. Right. <laughs> like, sure. um, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention also speaking about his shooting was his wrist. His wrist's not always down when he shoots. And I think some of that is from shooting fast. And you watch when his wrist is down, it's pure. and But his wrist is not always down. It's like he's, like, pushing it a little bit, and it ends up being flat. Yeah. A lot of, it's a lot of back rim or a lot of, like, off right or left, hard off the glass. Like, it was like a push. Like, he didn't really – and I think mm-hmm. that comes from, like I said, playing fast and being a little hyped up and uh, being ultra aggressive and not really taking his time. But how could he take his time when he doesn't know yet? And that's the funny part is that he actually missed a lot of his most open looks, but it was mm-hmm. the harder ones that he made. Mm-hmm. Why? That's true. I Why? That's a, that's a, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe because, um, I mean, obviously like there's ultra, ultra concentration when you're taking those tough shots. Right. So like you kind of go into this mode where you have to do everything right. When you're taking the tough shot to hey, man, have a chance to make it. Yeah. And I think when you're getting open, you're just so happy that you're getting the open look. You kind of like fly through all the check marks. Right. You watch mm-hmm. him like I literally watch his wrist like ending like this when he's shooting the ball sometimes, which means the ball can only go like that. Like this is what gives it the flow, the mm-hmm. arc, right? Um, right. And he, and he, and a lot of his shots just they look flat. Like even the one he missed to tie the game, that rims is just flat. Like if there's arc on that ball, it's online. It falls in. That game's tied, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that's a lot of things. And then and in the mid range pull ups, the ones he makes, you see. When his wrist is down and the arc is up, they're cash, no rim. Like, but if you go watch a lot of the threes made, they're like hitting back, mm. oof, like oof, like hitting the back rim falling in. Not there's the sure. makes a make, but I'm just saying for consistency. Yeah, definitely. Like there was the uh, the shot that the little toilet thing, um, when he had yeah. the uh, the spin yeah. and then he hit it and went around the rim a little bit. Um, it's like Jared Smith. Remember what he said, "I prefer the tougher shots than the easier ones." <laughs> yeah, but J- Jared Smith's a different animal. <laughs> he is. He absolutely is. Yeah. The it really did pop the 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 shots he made through the pick and roll and through DHOs with Moses yeah. Brown like using those step up screens and he's coming off mm-hmm. of it and he's hitting those pull up twos pull up threes and like yeah, those like are the kind of things that yeah those are the ones that you think okay so those could translate to the NBA pretty fast considering yeah. he's going to be like the fifth option fourth option assuming the team that comes to the Raptors uh, next season is the one that we're seeing right now. And they, and they just create opportunities for him to get downhill and get free throws and get himself into yeah. the rhythm. And because coming off the dribble like that, guys reacting to a shooter, they're coming at you. So now if we can get him one or two moves for downhill, that could just get him angles and get him because he's a good enough athlete to go finish or just to get him to the free throw line. Sure. And now we all know like shooters getting free throws early in games or at any point in the game helps with rhythm. So I think that's a big thing for him having those that will allow him to find himself in spaces that are just not him waiting on shots. Mm. Right. Like, because that's hard sometimes when you're just yeah. waiting on shots to create a rhythm for yourself. 
he's using that escape dribble to hit some pull-up twos. Like it's like yeah. little things like that that he's aware of. And his feel for the game really stood out because of the progression we saw from game to game. Like the earlier ones, I mean, he wasn't as much of a an option. And also we were talking about before we went on air, is that the Raptors are implementing a new system under a new coach. Like this is like a different kind of level of feel it out, let's try things. And the first few games, um, they didn't have a lot of plays. It was a lot of high pick and roll with Marquise. And he had one game where he really popped, but the next one, they got trounced by the Cavaliers who ended up winning the summer league title. So now we know why they got trounced. That was a really good team. But as they went forward, I believe after that second game, they had a few days of practice. And then we're seeing more like stagger screens for Grady. We're seeing him be a bit of a screener. He's coming through, he's running off of screens and he's hitting that sky hook that you mentioned. And those are all great flashes. The footwork you mentioned, how do you learn to be, to glide more as a, as a runner, as a shooter, as opposed to what I'm finding right now, it's still a little bit clunky. And it's like that half second of speed can make things a lot faster and it, it, it creates an advantage for you as a shooter. How do you do that? I think it goes into what he was talking about as far as like understanding the space and the, yeah. the rhythm and timing of the plays. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just repetition, right? And understanding where you are on the floor and how how you can get to a spot in two steps and what it takes to get to a spot in two or three steps or where you like the screen set. Like I said, he's playing with new different people, sets being thrown in the day before the game. Because I think a lot of times like – they treat this like this season. So those guys aren't together that long. So they get in, they put in the defensive stuff first because they want you to be able to guard and communicate. And then okay. offensively, they just kind of let it flow, figure it out, have a couple of days of practice. Okay, we're going to throw this set in. It's kind of like training camp. Throw sets in as you go and just see what we can build on because if we overload you and we got guys, we also – Got guys that's not gonna remember plays. Like you gotta this this is the fact. Like, Straight up. <laughs> they're veteran guys in the NBA that don't remember plays throughout season. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw a playbook at a bunch of kids for summer league that have never been together. I can't I can't do that, right? So I gotta make it simple and and we just go off what we can work with. So that's the the reality of this. We we gotta coach what we can, like mm-hmm. give them what we can, and we can't overload everything. You mentioned the feet or the 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 bigger court. He had mentioned the bigger court too. Obviously, it changes things, but how does it change things for a shooter? I don't think about it as the bigger court. I think about it at, at well, I guess the bigger court goes in with the spacing. I think it changes how he has the space and it changes your range. Cause I know the biggest thing for me to extend my range was for the spacing. So I could give hmm. myself more opportunities because if I'm looked at it as a shooter, I need to be able to shoot that ball off that line some especially from the standstill because people are are, the line of defense is going to be at that line yeah and also the more spacing i can give my players that i because i can shoot from there the less crowds we have for drivers and and post-up players and things like that so i think just adjusting to that and and that's why the arcs got to change on this shot a little bit because you can't shoot those flat from that distance right so um i think he's just got to understand he's going to learn to understand where guys like to operate as he plays in the regular season, which mm. will change his spacing again. So it's harder with guys that you're playing with that you don't really know because I don't know what he likes to do. I, I met him sure. three days ago. I don't, we don't have any plays. So I'm not yeah. told where to be. I just have to kind of flow. 
the range seems okay. He hit that shot against the Warriors where he goes mm-hmm. to the screen and then he just turned right into mm-hmm. um, this pull-up three, which is from like around the 45, the deepest part mm-hmm. of the three-point line. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so you're feeling good. You're yeah, good. He could do it. He, he, that's the thing. He has the mechanics yeah. and the strength and the ability to be able to do that consistently. It's just about drilling it and understanding the things that can make it easier. I think he's a little upright sometimes coming off of stuff. So like he's shooting stuff without as much power that he could have. Mm. which is causing it to be flat because the legs aren't into it. And we also don't know what they did for our training camp to get ready for um, summer league. Cause I know my first summer league, the training camp going into that, the first two games, my legs were shot because we, we were, ga- I was gassed. Like, yeah, you know, you haven't played into, in a long time. You haven't played in a long time. And, yeah. and you go, some, we were doing two a days during the training camp for summer league when I did it. I don't know if they're doing that now. I don't know, but like you're playing in those practices too. So it's not mm-hmm. like, you're just showing up to play in an AAU tournament. These are also guys still learning how to condition for what they're going into. You can do all the conditioning you want and go do workouts. It doesn't substitute for you getting in that game and playing at that speed with that adrenaline and mm. with that crowd and putting on that NBA jersey for the first time and or at least somewhat of an NBA jersey. Yeah, we're getting we're getting there. <laughs> Preseason, he'll yeah. he'll have one. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on something you said there, but when both times that I walked into the practice ballroom that they had at the hotel. They were doing yoga. They were doing mm. stretches, mm. which um, I mean, sometimes like when we walk in, we always end up going into the practice facilities or that the media availability is like right at the tail end. And sometimes we're just doing mm. shooting or whatever. But um, on the first day, they were doing shooting. And then the next two practices, it was, yeah, they were doing stretches. They were doing yoga. And also Darko was participating. Of course. Good for him. Be. Yeah. Keep it, get in the, get in the trenches with the players. On court uh, coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But let's, let's stick, let's stick to the yoga. Let's not get out there and try to do too many things no. and get him hurt. No, no, though. No. But no, yeah, no, no. so no, no, no. that speaks to them trying to, what I'm saying, they've probably been going hard at it for two weeks now and they're just trying to preserve their bodies to get ready for the games. They still got to play because yep. we're still in a tournament, right? And you still want to compete and you want to win. So you start laying the foundation for teaching guys how to take care of their body. Um, you know, you still, it's still teaching points on that too with this. So conditioning for him um, as as a shooter. Now, obviously, there's progression is needed um, from that standpoint. Um, but how do you how do you do that? Like, if you were to be taking him to CJ's shooting lab, um, I know you're going to attack the foot. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> CJ's shooting lab, sponsored by Masresco. CJ's last it's going to be footwork and it's going to be I assume conditioning but specifically uh-huh. how are you doing that just game shooting right um setting um goals for certain numbers like and, and they got to be at game speed making sure he's getting hit while he's running off the screens making sure we like we make everything as much like the game as we can like to this day, when I go in the gym and I do stuff and I work out with guys sometimes, like, cause I feel like I'm better working out and demonstrating and talking it through and feeling it through than I am just pointing my finger. Like wow. I do that also to show the type of speed that this should be done at. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to get to this. It's like the stories you hear about Steph Curry. Yeah. They said players come to work out with him in 10 minutes until they throw up. It's the reason why he's the best conditioned basketball player besides him and Bron, him and LeBron have been the best conditioned basketball players of all time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I've never looked at Steph Curry and like, man, he looks tired tonight. Mm. Never. Not once. 
Bye. And if you do, then he just all of a sudden splashes a three. From... Exactly. And then all of a sudden it's <laughs> like, boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? Like Steph's not really yeah. engaged. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I mean, like, but I think the biggest thing is like the, to understand how to keep everything intact at that speed. So we have to practice at that speed. When we get in the game, I don't need the elbow flying off out of pocket and the wrist not going down because you get a little tired or because mm -hmm. most things happen when fatigue sets in. I had a bad habit of my elbow drifting out when I got tired. So when the summer came, we had to drill everything to the point until I was tired and then I could start getting better. Yeah. Cause I could walk in the gym right now, fresh and make 10, 15 shots in a row. But if we start playing five on five and start getting hit, it's having to guard somebody, start having to come off a screen and get chased and get pulled on. Mm. Now we talk about those fundamental things flying out the window. So that's where we attacked the, in the workouts. Like we got to challenge you in all types of ways to get you to a point where there's a line of when you start to kind of drift concentration wise. And now we start getting better. So we might not start getting better until like 30 minutes into the workout. Everything else is just getting ready. It's just getting you primed. Like, can you just do like 12 suicides and all right, let's do our workout. <laughs> yeah. But then like, now I can't keep you engaged. You know what I mean? Like now yeah, you're okay. just mad. Like now you're just mad at me because I made you run. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? So like I might as well like yeah. do the work on all the other things. There's so many ways of conditioning. And I don't run straight lines the whole game. So like to condition only in a straight line manner is a disservice to him too. Because yeah, you you conditioned to run from baseline to baseline, but are you conditioned to run at a curve? Are you conditioned yeah. to break down, make a stop, stop and go? Like, are you conditioned that way? So that's true. Stop and go. It's such a, it's a different nature within um, an offensive system, especially as a movement shooter, like you're stopping and, and going three different times in, in one sequence. Right. Yeah. And that's his thing too. His pace is going to have to, uh, his learning of change of pace is going to be the next thing that's going to come with that because yeah, going hard and flying off things all the time is a great thing to have and a great attribute. But at some point you're going to have to be able to throw defenses off balance. You're going to have to be able to like, just get guys off you right so mm. i think that's something that that's going to come with time too that's tricky too like i mentioned the staker screens um a play design that they had during summer league but like what if there's a switch and all of a sudden it didn't work and now you have to keep on running <laughs> you gotta yeah, keep on going you gotta figure out what to do yeah you gotta figure out that's the other thing about conditioning i need that mind to be able to still flow and be creative when you're tired too because the first thing that happens when you get tired is the, it's the mind goes that's why people forget yeah. plays and forget defensive assignments and um start looking at the bench like ah what happened no you you just tired <laughs> like so like we need hmm. you to be so well conditioned that nothing there's no drop offs at when least none of control yeah when you get run off the line as a shooter um do you need to have like do you decide that you're going to you know create two or three go to's in those moments um and then you're just you're surveying the second level of defense just decide what you want to do because you can't do too much you can't practice uh -huh. too many things because then uh -huh. rather than being good at a few things you're kind of okay at five things uh -huh. i think i think you just kind of sharpen two or three yeah as a shooter like i don't need i don't need to be able to in those situations dance with the ball really you know um, because it's a, such a quick decision. Yeah. And so once I see you flying at me crazy, like I'm not even looking at you no more. I'm looking at what's behind you. Cause you're done. Like you're. It's like over. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're either already getting ready to jump or you're so out of control running at me that yeah. 
you can't stay in front of me without fouling me. So the next thing is to see the next level of defense, to see um, uh, obviously right or left, like which way I'm reading your feet as you're coming, and then you sharpen the pull-ups, I think, off of that, or the side steps, because if you're, if you're running fast and you think – and they're not going to close short. So it's like a flyby or if it's an attack, that's what the first thing you got to assess. And then mm. it's do it. Am I getting to a floater? Am I getting to a pull-up? Is the guy, is the is the big down there a good rotator? Is he going to be there when I get by this guy? These type of things that kind of roll through the mind. But I think you sharpen the pull-up going both ways. Uh, for him, I think he can sharpen his step back. I think that's a good thing for him to have because of his size and athleticism. Yeah. But I think you just figure out ways to attack it and understand that your eyes are a pump fake now when you're a mm. shooter with space. Like, so like I have even more time cause I don't even have to get that ball above my head. I just have to hold it in the position of shooting and look at that rim when a guy's off my body. Well, like that's I, gravity, baby. That's gravity. It, it's gravity. Like I never, <laughs> like I don't, I don't remember. Well, I know there's times that obviously you pump fake head ball over your shoulders, but in rotation, the pump fake is, the pump fake never comes up. Yeah. Like I just literally would like look at the rim and then I would be mm. on my way. So that's half a step now I got. Yeah. He was using his pump fix a lot more in those last few games um, yeah. and pump and go. And then we're seeing the other skills, his complementary skills, getting to the rim, the pull-up twos, um, the kickout passes, those were really flowing. And in the early portions of summer league, it wasn't a lot of that. And that could just be him, his comfort, whatever. Um, probably everyone getting acclimated to each other. Uh, but that's when he started to use those. That's when we started to see the other facets of his game. And it's what you're talking about. You don't need that many. You just need a couple and perfect them. He's got potential to be like Gordon Hayward type of all around player. Hmm. Like without the, obviously we don't wish the injuries on anybody and I don't wish the injuries on G town. Shout out to G town. But like Gordon is super talented. I think we kind of like forgot that because of like all the injuries and in and out of things, but like he's got potential to go out there and yeah, he average 16 and six in, in the uh, summer league without yeah. other NBA players, without really a lot of things really in his favor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Besides like, besides like obviously being the first round pick and being able to just shoot every time. But I mean, as far as like playing wise, no disrespect to the guys he's playing with, but he's not, not playing with the best guys. You're not playing with yeah. the, everything's new. There's a lot of things. Everybody's trying, and you got all the other guys trying to make the team, so they got their own agenda that's going on too. Sure. Um, but I think he has the potential to be very solid defensively. Put the ball on the floor some. He can learn to make reads. Doesn't have to be a flashy passer. Just make the right passes. Learn to read defensive rotations and make shots. I think he's got the size for and athleticism for all of that. Yeah, I always found Kawhi was like that. He doesn't make flashy passes, but he knows where the ball has to go. When he sees that second level or second defender, he knows exactly where uh, the ball has to end up. Um, On the NBA, and as he transitions to to that and playing alongside players who are have their own gravity, who have their own skill set, who, and as I mentioned earlier, he's going to be the fourth, third option, whatever, um, assuming the the current team we see, um, they have one more roster spot open, but assuming everyone comes to training camp, wherever it is in Canada, um, he's going to be the third, fourth option, right? So how does that change what he's going to be able to do on the court? And also, how do you build chemistry with a big? Because you and I talked about this before, is that like having that... Um, that kind of Kyle Korver, Paul Millsap, Al Horford connection where 
you're a step up screen away, or you're like a relocation, um, uh, changing the screening angle away from an open three. How do you do that? Um, I think the biggest thing is you guys understanding how you reward each other and how me being open obviously eventually ends up being a role for you and vice versa. So we understand mm -hmm. how we can work for each other, understand that we're weapons for each other. Right. So yeah. like yeah. the big understands that I, him screening for me. Get There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's him the easiest of looks and vice versa. So, and I have to be willing to be able to make the right reads. Nobody, if I'm just going to shoot it every time I come off of there, like no matter what, then it's not rewarding for anybody because we don't get the right plays, the right yeah. looks made. But like being able yeah. to make the pocket passes, being able to understand the angles or being able to notice sometimes how they're playing it, that you might be coming to screen for me and I just decided to screen for you last second. Mm -hmm. Back screen or do something different because of where they're playing it. Like just understanding and playing the game and understanding that we are a tandem. It's not you come get me so I can shoot a three or yeah, I'm coming over there just so I can slip it because I know the big wants to show. There's got to be some real contact and some real screen set and some real like work just put in of rhythm and timing and understanding. Uh, he likes lives. This one likes pocket passes. And if it's, it can't, if it's it, like a point guard kind of, no, it, it turns into that. Yeah. And that's yeah. essentially, so like I used to always say like the dribble handoff was like me being in a pick and roll. Yeah. That's the way I used to use it. Or like screen and rails was my versions of pick and rolls. Like it was the same type of read a lot of times because I would get the show because of me being able to shoot it and I had to make the read if I could see his whole chest and that ball had to get out of my hands as fast as possible. Mm. If he was kind of there and he was flat, there was a couple dribbles to see if he was going to stay or not and then we get downhill. Uh, if nobody was there, then it's obviously it's gone before it gets to my hands, right? Yeah. But, uh, like, I think you just learn the reads just like anything else. Mm. Anything else on, on, on Grady? Um, we've covered quite a bit here. Mm-hmm. Anything else that uh, I, I think he had a great you? I think he had a great show and I think he's got tremendous potential, right? Mm. Um I think that those feet, man, like he, he he attacks those and just attacks his rhythm and how he gets himself into his shots. It's not that he can't do it. Like and when I say break him down, when I break stuff down, it's not breaking him down because he doesn't do it. It's breaking it down to make it as sharp as he can. Yeah. And to show the reasonings for every little movement and why. I think a lot of times people tell guys and dudes in the gym, you got to get your hip around. Well, why? Like, show mm -hmm. me, make me understand why and what's the reasoning for it so I can connect it with my mind and the reasoning so I can understand what well, you keep shooting off right or you keep sh being short. 
and and you're telling me it's because of you giving me three things. Well, tell me how they correlate. And that's the yeah. reason for you breaking everything down one by one by one. Attack the feet, attack the hips, attack the load, and attack everything in the paint, attack the wrist being down, attack. Because then when I show you with your wrist being down consistently, how this shot from 45 now from a standstill is butter. It's not even a waste. It's not it's so much less energy got to be used. Yeah. Like Damn. Steph shoots the ball like he does so effortlessly, effortlessly because his mechanics has been drilled into him so well. And he's done the repetition. It's, it might not be textbook for everybody where they teach it, but for him, he's and he talks about his feet. He talks about if he's down and he's in a certain a certain position, everything else just flows right off. Ray Allen talked about yeah. shooting with his whole body. Yeah. Like that's what makes the range and the arc on step shot. The arc equals distance, right? So like it comes through his whole body and that ball goes up. He shoots from half court like he shoots free throws. I've never heard that before, effortlessly. Yeah, they say good. it on TNT. They say it on TNT. That's beautiful. That's what the guy <laughs> said. They call it Steffordless. <laughs> Anyone ever call you C. Trey Miles? No. No? Actually. Not to just right now. Seems, uh, seems pretty. It seems pretty. I, got three, I used to get 3J. 3J? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. C. But Trey like, Miles? No, I kind of no, like no, that. It's kind of clunky. C. Trey Miles? Yeah, it takes a little while. Don't yeah. roll off. Makes no. sense, but don't roll off. But yeah, yeah um, I think there's so much that goes into... Like, like we talked about the artist shooting, right? It's an mm -hmm. art form to it. It's an art form to every position and the things they do. Like, and I think when, um, like one of the greatest compliments I got from somebody when they actually talked basketball with me was them, they watched basketball and they felt like they watched it for a long time and they understood it. But then when they talked to a guy who played it for a long time and has broken all these things down and done all these things, they realized how much of an art and how much tactic really went into this like they yeah. they don't look at it just as like you go in there and get your shots up and then you go play and then you like no this is something that's been studied and filmed and and i'm still learning things right now that that are useful when i'm in the gym with kids and people and other players that i work out with and anything i can give mm -hmm. i give i still go in the backyard and just tinker and and just mess around and like envisioning like i'm six years old doing countdowns and like what would i do if they did this or that because it's like a everlasting thing, like to chase the mastering of something, right? Yeah. It's a super weird cool. pivot now. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, super I was, cool. I was trying to think of something to relate to Dennis <laughs> Schroeder, but I'm not really sure. Uh, um, we're going to talk about Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Dennis Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. So, speaking of basketball. <laughs> speaking of being cool. Sure, let's go Dennis with that. Schroeder he, is very cool. He's a cool guy. He is a cool guy. He seems like a cool guy. So this man has... Played for a lot of different NBA teams, um, and that's not a bad thing, right? OKC, Atlanta, um, two different stops in L.A. with the Lakers, Boston, where you guys played together but kind of didn't, yeah. um, and also Houston, um, as you told COVID. me. I mean, COVID. yeah, I'll let COVID. you describe what, what went down. Yeah, so it was during the heat of COVID. I mean, really, the, I got the 10-day because of COVID, right? Like, that's how I got there. Um, and then, you know, practice was so crazy, and it was even on – greater high alert when I was in Boston because yeah. they had a Christmas game. Ah. So like they couldn't allow that to happen where they wouldn't have enough players to play the Christmas game. Cause remember games were getting canceled and there were so many guys, man, it was like the replacements, right? Like the movie, right? Like guys were just, cause they I had to get replacements too. for, it was a good movie. Yeah. So we were there as on 10 days and then they had to get replacements for us because we got COVID too. 
So like there was like guys on double ten days. It was a wild <laughs> time. Like, but uh, yeah. So like we com- conversed a couple times, but we didn't really get to spend time together. But he was cool. But he was cool. Most, yeah, from yes. our, but we talking about basketball anyway. So yes, it. yes, 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 yes. Well, I mean, yes and no because he was brought in. Um, I mean, as he pointed out, to be a bit of a leader with the with the Raptors. This is true. This is yeah, true. and we, I mean, the Raptors have lost Fred VanVleet, and Thad Young is still under contract there. But I mean, even that's still, still a bit of a shout out to situation too. Yeah, love that man. Shout out to Thad. Yeah, he's on man, legendary person, legendary uh, basketball. Just his the range of his basketball career from where it started to where he is now and just his journey overall. Um, it's a, uh, it's a testament to his work ethic and the person he is that he's been able to do yeah. it for this long. I got to tap in with him next time I'm in the city. I haven't saw him in a, I haven't seen him in a while. Bring him on the pod. Jeez. Come on now. Oh yeah. We could do Bring him on the pod. That'd yeah, be a great conversation. You guys going back and forth. You guys both preaching back and forth. Me just watching. It was like the Fred <laughs> thing too. You guys are just going back and forth. I'm like, yeah. this is cool. Yeah. Right. I asked him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I asked yeah. Parallels I see between Fred and Dennis Schroeder is that they've worn a lot of different hats in their NBA careers because you look at his time in Atlanta, um, he was off the bench for a long time, then he became the starting point guard, mm-hmm. and then he shifts to OKC. He's a sixth man, and he almost won sixth man, actually, uh, Montreal's, in the year that Montreal's Harrell won it. Um, Dennis Schroeder finished second, and then he goes to L.A. There's point guard play, but he's also playing off ball. Um, a lot uh, because of uh, LeBron James and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, but obviously they're very different players. So, with Fred gone and Dennis coming in, what are the Raptors getting um, from maybe the starting point guard? I'm not sure if he is going to start or not, but he might. I mean, he brings obviously like he showed last year in the playoffs. He's 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 really committed to the defensive end, right? He can guard the ball, and he's good off ball with chasing guys and keeping his bodies on guys. Got good hands. He competes. Like that's the first thing you would love to have at the point of attack, right? With the guy that's guarding the ball, somebody who really wants to get after it and really wants to compete. Yeah. Um, shown he can shoot the ball over his career. Career. Um, I think he's he's really good standstill. He has capabilities of that. Good penetrator. Good floaters. Good finisher. Like you know, he can can push the pace. He can play up and down. Um, makes reads. Um, I think there's. There's there's nice like anybody he has his his lapses decision making like you know because he gets playing fast sometimes but I think he makes really good reads solid reads and I think the role change heightens that when you know you're coming into a space where you're looked at as being a leader and a guy who's trying to teach guys the way you really mm-hmm. carry that with you so like there's less chances taken with things you know what I mean just you want to make sure you get guys to understand we're trying to make the right plays and build um. But like you say, he's worn a lot of different hats. Like he's had a, a great career. He's shown he can you can score a lot of points when he's needed to. He's shown, like we said, he can take the defensive spot up shooter role. He's he yeah. he brings in a lot. Like and and obviously him and the coach have a history, so it's somebody coach can trust mm-hmm. uh, and and kind of like be a extension of him as they're trying to put in new things and get the players to trust this coach. And you got a a player that's proven in the league vouching for your guy. Yeah. That means something too. That as yeah. soon as the Fred thing got finalized, I mean, both parties, Darko was like, "We got to get Dennis," and Dennis was like, "I'm coming to Toronto." Right. Yeah. That means something. And it kind of shows like the connection that Darko does have with some of the players. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. Not just with Dennis, but with other players as he looks to to build with them. Um, On ball defense obviously is pretty pivotal in the NBA, and I kind of go back and forth with with this aspect that like it's so hard to 
guard someone one-on-one -on -one these days, but having mm -hmm. someone capable at the point of attack who can limit like the first option within um, an offensive set is really important. It's like you said, it's, it's really hard, right? Like one, the rules in place, two, guys knowing the rules and manipulating the rules, right? And then yeah. just all, on top of that being tremendously talented. Sure. Offensive scorers and guys who just really know how to manipulate the ball and the game and the, and the referees and angles and things of that nature. So, um, but I think having a guy, like you said, that can make it tough and make guys have to make multiple moves and decisions and really make it hard to break them down, I think it mm. it changes everything, especially when all these guards that come into your – to your arena now are these shoot first attack, attack, attack guards, like making yeah. it hard on them and, and not letting them have rhythm early in games really helps. So he's a passed on the ball, active hands, screen navigation is obviously yeah. superb. And we saw that. I mean, look at who he guarded in the playoffs this past playoffs. It was like, he went through a lot. <laughs> Mike Conley yeah. in the playing game. Then you got uh, Steph Curry and there's another series in there too. Um, but it's it's challenging, and he's able to do that. And then you think of the skills that he has, um, just as a, a mover, an off-ball player. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious how the Raptors do end up using him because Darko has alluded to you know Scotty having the ball in his hands a lot. Okay, well then there's Dennis Schroeder, and that's mm -hmm. why we're not really sure what the starting lineup is going to be at the moment. You would think it's Dennis OG, uh, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, and Jakoperto, but you could see Dennis coming off the bench, and maybe it's Gary Trent Jr. Like it's stuff like that. I don't know. Um, but uh, whatever it is, you would think that he's going to be doing his job um, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a compliment to the team. Like he's a compliment sure. to what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. He, I, I think he's a good, I think he's a good pickup for what the situation are in and, and, and what he can bring. And then I, like you yeah. said, that biggest thing that's that we got to talk about though, is him having that relationship with that new coach. And one have had the coach having someone to make him feel comfortable and confident to, coach stepping in because that first should be no I can be for guys sometimes sure. especially with got a team that's got a history and um not just last year but just has a history of winning and then that the ups and downs and you got all the stigmas that are going to be thrown at you to fix right away mm. and that's really unfair right like <laughs> it's really unfair to ask somebody to like it's like when we elect the president in the states right like yeah fix everything right now like one he don't even make all the rules he don't even do all the things two he yeah. just got here like the other guy was here for multiple years. Give me a second. Like, right. Um, so yeah. Um, I think it's it's good to have somebody with you um that can help relay you and 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 stand for you and and show that you've accomplished some things and and worth believing in. So three-point shooting, we know has been a problem for the Raptors. And then you think, okay, now Fred Van Vliet's gone and you bring in Dennis Schroeder, who career-wise hasn't been the best shooter, but his time in OKC and the first season he shot 30, was it 34%? And that was the year he was coached by Darko. The second season, he was a career high, uh, 39%, if you want to round up, mm -hmm. on five attempts per game. That is the season that Chris Paul was there. I'm curious, how does that... Uh, translate for a player like why is it that some players can shoot really well in some spots and not so well in uh, in another one because also five attempts per game was his career high too five, so it's role and also amount. kind of yeah that's a lot i think it's the type of shots the spacing the type of spaces you're putting maybe the plays allowed him to be in um the spaces that he really shot mm -hmm. the ball well they could have been more corner threes there could have been more slot threes shorter threes you know what i mean it could have been yeah 
Um, the way he got them, less of them off the dribble and off the move, like more standstill, more mm-hmm. just rhythmic timing, the passes he's getting. Like maybe that year he was getting those passes from Chris Paul and they were right on the money, you know? Like it could have been so many things, but I think um, confidence also rose into that too with a coach that you like and a coach that believes you and they put you in positions to mm-hmm. succeed. Like I think that that plays uh, a big role. Um also and especially say you've been asked as a task to be a better shooter for this team like we need you to be that that goes into the mindset of your preparation too i think not that nobody wants not that people don't want to be better shooters but when you've been Mm -hmm. dubbed the role of i need you to be a three-point shooter for this team to be successful that being on the forefront of your mind really changes the way you approach the game sure and I would imagine that conversation is taking place with him <laughs> and the Toronto Raptors too, because they do need him to be a yeah. pretty damn good shooter. And I, I looked at the stats the other day, just wanted to verify it, that he did shoot extremely well from the corner three um, in that season um, with, uh, with Chris Paul. So that, um, that does that's kind being of off the ball. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's something that, I think he always had the ability to do it, though. I think it's just, like you said, it's been circumstance sometimes. And I think we don't talk about that all the time because we're like, obviously, you're professional. You got to figure it out. You got to do your job. You got to figure mm. it out. But, like, um, still plays a role. Um, but he's he's shown the potential to be so many things over his career. And yeah. we're stepping into a situation where this team could benefit from him being a little bit of all those things. So maybe this is the spot that literally gives him like three years of like bringing all of that out. I don't know how long mm. this deal is. I just made up a number, but like him just bringing all of that out and falling into that. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how old he is, but I know he's pretty healthy still. You know, I don't think he's that old. So um, turning 30, turning yeah, 30 in September. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he's got plenty of good years left in him. I don't believe mm. in the age thing anyway. I think it's, you know, as long as you take care of yourself, you can play for a long time. Yeah. Um, and he's, I mean, this is a guy, like you said, he's played a long time, done some winning. He's he's big. Yeah. You go back to his Atlanta days, and that's when he was, like, the starting point guard for them uh, in the season. And we got to remember, too, yep. speaking of Atlanta days, that he was the reason they felt like they could let Jeff T go. Mm-hmm. Because Jeff T was an all-star guard in Atlanta. Yeah. So that tells you how good he was playing and his upside of where he was headed, where they felt like that could even happen. Shout out to Jeff T too. That's my man. I played with him in Indiana. Not saying they pushed him. I'm just saying like when it was time to make a decision, they felt like he was good enough to replace an all-star point guard on a team that was really, really, really good. And in that final season with Atlanta, he shot 43%, 29% from three on four attempts, 19 points and six assists. So those are pretty good numbers. Um, I mean, the three-point percentage, not not the best, but you look at 19 and six on 43% yeah. for someone his size at 6'1", yeah. that's pretty good numbers for a starting point guard. And younger guys with his skill set at that time usually build into their three-point shot. Like, he didn't need to shoot threes then. Nobody mm-hmm. could stay in front of him at that time. I remember this time. He was a handful. Like, nobody was standing in I mean, front of him. I mean, can they in. now? Like, it's not easy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, obviously, he's a... At this time, he's super fast, right? I don't like I said, I don't not that he's not now, but like yeah. you're coming in with the mindset of this fearless mentality and no no cares about hitting the floor, no cares about mm-hmm. space and whatever. I just come off the bench and do my job. Like I go wreak havoc. And yeah. he was just doing whatever he wanted. That's a tricky 
question uh, that Darko has to answer. And Dennis had alluded to maybe being the starting point guard um, during his uh, availability. He kind of said, and then someone, you know, asked him again, like, wait, did, did Darko say you're going to be starting point guard? He's like, oh, no, I mean, whatever is required of me, he may have spilled the beans. I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But mm. we just went through the lineups, right? It's uh, It could be Dennis, OG, Pascal, Scotty, and, and Yak, or it could be Dennis coming off the bench and then Gary Trent Jr. And, but when you think of that lineup, where, what, what's your feeling on it? Cause it's pretty similar to what we had last season, obviously um, taking out, you know, Fred and at inserting Dennis, um, but it's a different look for sure. And spacing could still be a problem, but at the yes. same time, you have paint touches galore with Dennis Schroeder and he is a pick and roll point guard. He can, he has a floater. He's operated like that before with Clint Capella, obviously um, in Atlanta and also later on in his career. Um, and he had 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 some great games with the Lakers uh, this past few seasons too, where he's you know LeBron's out, AD's out, he goes and cooks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I still think you like too much shooting in that lineup. You do. I think it's <laughs> I think it's too hard. And and I, and like we yeah. talk about paint touches, paint touches will start to dwindle when there's no spacing. Mm-hmm. So like over time, teams will start to adjust to the way they're going to play and the schemes they're going to use, and we're just going to. Or we're going to invite paint touches and collapse and make you kick out the guys that we don't think can beat us from the three-point line. Yeah. Now we got a whole other problem. We got a bunch of guys taking eight threes a night and shooting 30%. Sounds like last season. So, um, and that's not to say that I don't believe in those guys being able to make threes and that they can't mm. get better. And But I'm just going off of the information I have, which is those guys don't want to. First of all, they don't even want to shoot eight threes a game. None of those no. guys do. None of those guys want to. So, like. Um, they're going to be hesitant in taking shots even when they're open because it's not their game, right? Hmm. Um, but you need that space and, and you need that threat for the sets you want to run. Yeah. You need that threat to make things work and to be able to slip screens and that you got guys just switching everything and backing up and keeping you in front of them and playing on the elbows and now it looks like a college team's playing defense with no spacing out there, mm-hmm. like um, which leads to turnovers and so there's a lot of things that go into that. Like I'm not saying the lineup doesn't get used. I think it's hard to be your primary lineup, though. Yeah, yeah, and also Darko, from everything we're seeing, um, especially in summer league too, that he likes using a lot more high ball screens, like you know, well above the level, um, just to get the defense um, extended a little bit. But at the same time, again, uh, teams can game plan for that unless you have a point guard who can hit that pull up three. That yeah. changes everything. And- that too. And then, like you said, if you want to play in that space and like that with no shooters, then the big doesn't go up there. Everybody's on the elbows when he comes off the pick and roll, turns the corner, and we're going to dare you to shoot that shot. Yeah. Like, you can shoot pull-up threes all you want. I know you don't want to shoot it. Or you're going to come down here, head down into us with the help and the big at the rim. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think that's the way they want to play. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to play that way. No. Nope. Um, with the Lakers last season, he played the second most clutch minutes um, of their team, and he was a plus 58 in that time. And you just think of his competition, um, the no, stuff he did with sure. Draymond Green. Like, he's he's a pesky, pesky dude, and he's going to get into people, and um, he's a good addition from that standpoint. He's going to keep things very competitive. But I still – I'm not really sure about uh, the fit from the standpoint of if he's your point guard and Yak, as talented as he is and as Dennis is – is your big, that's not a lot of reliable three-point shooting. But like you said, I mean, if Dennis is told X, Y, and Z, he's been in the league for a long time. 
we got to give him the benefit of the doubt, For especially sure. when we look at some of the numbers that For he sure. has done. Like he did, in fact, shoot 39% from three not sure. too long ago. So that is something. But they're going to need think, that. I think you, you give guys the opportunity, right? You present them yeah. with something. It was like, if you can do this, this lineup. Because if he can do that and – um, OG, who has shot good percentages, but you don't think of him as a moving shooter, right? Um, no. And you can get Scotty and Pascal to make their standstills. Then we change everything. Then things change. And then we bring the moving shooter off the bench. We bring Grady and Gary Trent Jr. off the bench, and we got a whole other dynamic on, off that mm-hmm. with speed and pace that they will play at. So things could work because, I mean, it worked that way for the team I was on. They didn't yeah. have a guy like me in the in the in the first unit. Kyle can make threes though, but because Kyle can make the pull up three and the spot up three, then that they allowed everything. the lineup to work, right? And then yeah. you got Surge, you can make some occasionally. Demar wasn't gonna shoot him. Um, but like Demar was Demar, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there's ways to make things work, but some guys have got to be able to take a mm. step up in a little spaces. Yeah. And I would have been curious to see what Fred would have looked like in a Darko system too, because from everything that we are gathering about it, it's the high ball screens, which I mean, he's been a capable uh, pull up three point shooter, but also it's just like the timing and the reads that have to be made. It's supposed to be very fast. It's a 0.5 system. That's like the trendy term that we're hearing about. And, you know, the starting lineup that I mentioned, it does have a lot of smart high IQ basketball Mm -hmm. players. So that's going to help. And when it comes to, you know, getting the schemes and keeping things right and making smart cuts and reading the defenses, they're going to do that. But it still always goes back to the question of, but do you have the, enough shooting? And I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And yeah. And in the NBA, that's the question everybody asks every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> At this point in time, the way the games play is like, do we have enough shooting? And the last thing you need is like, guys shooting threes that shouldn't be shooting threes yeah because now that whole mm-hmm. style of play becomes detrimental yeah right? so you got uh, jalen mcdaniels coming off the bench you got uh Otto Porter jr hopefully he stays healthy Who can shoot it also yep yep hopefully he stays healthy we don't really know what the update is but he's expected to be ready for training camp is the only thing that we've kind of heard i believe um you got precious who's looking to rebound you got chris boucher uh, Christian Coloco is your, yeah. Christian Coloco is expected. To, I would think is the backup center at this point, um, and they still have one regular roster spot available, along with two two ways. And Jeff Doughton Jr. does not currently have a contract, um, really? but he's been with the team a lot, okay. <laughs> a lot. He's been around the team constantly. Um, the the ongoing like funny thing going on is that he's always in the background of things and he's practicing. And yeah. that happened again and again in summer league. And also even when Darko was uh, introduced, oh, sorry, Grady Dick was introduced at OVO. He was again in the background practicing. So he's around. Um, he did have off-season surgery, but he seems to be okay. And uh, he didn't participate he in summer league. I can't remember. I had to look it up. Yeah, he had. But um, yeah, he didn't play for in summer league for that very reason. But we'll see. Um, that's kind of the the end of like this is that we're going to see. Up. I would like to see him get picked up. I mean, I there's like one regular roster spot available. And two-two. Um, they have the so option. And two-two is. If, you, if you're scared of the injury and he's going to need to go down to, to rehabilitate and all that, give him a two. Then why are we I mean, I know that's – No, I'm just saying if if we're in a boat with the re, with the rehab and he's going to have to go play and mm. do this stuff to get back right and you want to keep him still, give him a two-way. I'm not saying 
I don't. I, I would like mm. him to have a regular roster spot too. I'm just saying, yeah. if that's what you're scared of, I'm not a front office person. I'm just yeah. speaking on sure, trying sure, to make sure. it make sense. And one thing we know about the NBA is everything does not always have to make sense. They do things just to <laughs> they they operate differently, right? Oh yeah. So at least to make sense from this side mm. of that. Yes. Yeah. The way they make sense is not the same way we make sense. He had loose bodies removed from his right ankle. I didn't know there were bodies and ankles. I had Eesh. no idea. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's running around, he was practicing, he was doing some movement, jump, jump shooting. Like he's, I would think he's going to be okay for training camp. So that's kind of it. That was Grady. That was Dennis Schroeder. That was a conversation. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms. Click every button that you can. I just kicked the camera. Sorry. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, rate, subscribe, comment. Like we said, all the internet stuff, repost it, send it to your friends in a text, send it to your mom when she's driving to work. And listen to. No, 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 no. We're talking about the podcast right now. Okay, fine. But you can fine. listen to my fresco when you're not listening to baby. Yeah, basketball. exactly. You're not listen to C- you don't it. listen to CJ talk about basketball. Listen to my fresco <laughs> when you listen to music. You know, like I heard that guy's decent. Um, but other than that, you know, you guys be be good. You have a great day. Yeah. <laughs>